Live from the Talking Joe Studios. It's Talking Joe with Chief and Mark. Talking Joe Weekly Podcast. Talking Joe is there. Talking Joe thought we would last. Talking Joe is there. Find each other like a married couple. A podcast on the air. Talking Joe is there. Talking Joe is the code name for a completely untrained special podcast force. Its purpose, to produce a weekly comic review show and serve as an outlet for Chief's creative talents and unleash them upon the world. Talking Joe. Talking Joe is there. Chief is on his soapbox. Nobody seems to care. Fighting for fandom wherever there's trouble But the podcast's on the air Talking Joe is there Talking Joe Talking Joe Talking Joe is on the air And here are your hosts, Chief and Mark Hey, hey, hey! We are back. I am the Chief Doggy Dog 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 Town, and you are... It's the return of the mark. Yeah. Sure is. Once sure again. is. We've been pumping out a lot of content recently. Seems like I was only talking to you yesterday. <laughs> yeah. I feel like uh, I've been doing nothing but talking Joe lately. Yeah. I've been recording, editing, singing stupid songs. That's it, that's it. And watch out, Jim Godfrey, because there's another one coming up today. More on that later. Uh, how you been, so though? Is overall? it the objection to the song as a concept, or just the repetition of the song, though? Who knows? Who knows? Mm. Would not dare to, to sort of try and, you know, go inside Jim's mind. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's for him. Shh. I've got a real problem here. I've just been dicking around with my amazing Yamaguchi cable figure while you've been speaking, and he's got a, he's got a movable eyeball. I've just been trying oh, no. to move the eyeball, and I think it's just dropped out into my cup of tea. The eyeball's in your cup of tea. I think the eyeball's oh, in my God. tea. Shit. Anyway, that's a problem for that's a problem for tomorrow's chief. Well, actually, later on's chief. Well, and also if you drink the tea and the eyeball. Yeah. Don't want to mm. be sucking no eyeball. That's like um. Tell I watched the other day. Uh, Indiana Jones. Yeah, no? Temple of Doom, where um, it's <laughs> what is it? Something a snake? No, snake surprise. Chilled mm. monkey brains, and they have a, they have a soup, don't they? And there's an eyeball oh, floating in it. Yeah, is it? Sheep's eyeballs. Sheep's eyeballs. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Ah, sneak surprise. What's the surprise? Give me your hat. Why? Because I'm going to puke in it. <laughs> Apart from that, how you been? <laughs> yeah, all right. We had uh, we had New Year's. We did. Uh, yeah, we, we dropped a uh, a new pod on New Year's. Ooh, it was late New Year's Eve that it was actually released, or slash New Year's Day when when we let people know about it. Um, but yeah, just a, a chilled uh, New Year's Eve in, as as it should be, because uh, you know we're supposed to be behaving. And uh, yeah, sort of caught uh, the surprise London kind of fireworks on the TV. Okay, a teeny tiny bit of Alicia Keys seeing the year in as well. What about you? Was it? Uh, a late night or an early night? I think I was in. I played Battlefront, Star Wars Battlefront with Ben, and I went to bed at about eleven thirty, maybe or eleven. And then downstairs was having a massive party, which kept me up for at least another hour. 
Uh, there you go. There you go. Um, I'll tell you what, though. Um, we do have to do this. Inside Chief's mind. Ah! It's dark. It's cold. Can you be brave? Can you be bold? Safety gear on you. Don't know what you'll find. Digging in deep into Chief's mind. Inside Chief's mind. Now then. Something annoyed me the other day. People. And it involved people. And it was, I was at the uh, supermarket getting some getting some shopping. And you know, back in the day when you first had these kind of self-service checkouts, mm-hmm. and it always used to be like 10 items max. Right. Um, and you'd always get some kind of chancer who'd have a basket for about 20 items. And you wait for the attendant to either say something or not. But they kind of have dispensed. I've not seen any 10 items or less signs for many years now. Yeah, they just want people using them and and so they don't have to pay people. However, however, I do see basket-only signs. And lo and behold, Chief got stuck behind two numpties with shopping trolleys in the uh, self-service bit. There's only like, I think there's eight eight self-service bits in my local Sainsbury. And two of them were clogged up by idiots with shopping trolleys. Had about 50 items in, doing their weekly shop. Oof. And uh, not only that, but they were blocking the aisle. So I couldn't even... I'd done my shopping, and there was these two big shopping trolleys that barring me from getting out. So, uh, there you go. Yeah, stop taking shopping trolleys into the basket-only section, chumps. Yeah, I mean, the, the logistics of just having that amount, trying to, you know, get it onto the teeny, tiny little scanner and then put it into the next thing. Oof. Yeah, not happy. Chief wasn't happy, but... Um... There you go, there you go. Um, yeah, other than that, though, new hat ringing in the new year. Um, look out for an out-of-timers letterboxed year-in-review special. Find out if Chief did or did not make the 200 for the calendar year. That will be coming. I think I'm recording that next week, so that will probably be dropping uh, next weekend. Good stuff. And, yeah, never want to watch another film for the rest of my life. So, <laughs> ruined, as, as Ben says, Chief ruining hobbies in 2020. Got into skeleton oh, no. drinks in a big way. Ruined it for him. Got into action figures. Ruined it for him. Uh, movies. He said he hates watching movies now because all he saw was just a target of having to continuously watch movies. So, oh, good chief ruining ruining hobbies in 2020. The whole of movies, right? Yep, yeah. yeah, there you go. Anyway, listen. Uh, I want to segue now into talking about some action figures. Action figures. We all love them. Figures. Oh yeah. They bring us joy in our daily life. Bring us joy. Action figures. Yeah. Evoking memories from our childhood. Childhood. But now we're grown and we just can't stop. Just can't stop. Buying plastic till our wallets pop, 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 pop. When will it end? Who can say? Who can say? Cause action figures are part of our DNA. DNA, DNA. Some people say maybe we've gone a little wacko, but action figures bring us joy like a rainbow. They are so hot like a splash of Tabasco. Now it's time for action figure fiasco. Now it's time for action figure fiasco. Okay, on the slate this week, the Chief has got a 6-inch, uh, 112 scale Star Wars Black series, and it is Commander Bly. 
mm. from the Clone Wars era. Now, at first glance, he looks a little bit like um, Cody, Commander Cody, because right. he's mm-hmm. got that same colour scheme. It's the beigey sand tan with a bit of brown. Um, but And I don't actually know what distinguishes him from... Maybe it's the shoulder pad. Bly's got the kind of dark brown shoulder pads and off the top of my head i can't think what cody i think he's just got a yellow pauldron i i i do confess i get them all a little bit confused i mean they are they are clones so uh, easily done but but sort of distinguishing one from another and which which is which and if there's any particular traits of one over another they released a load of these early on in the black series run and this is actually a reissue it's just come out it's a reissue but i think it's completely the same mold now what they did recently is with the stormtrooper and the clone trooper molds they switched them to single jointed elbows and single jointed knees whereas these early ones are double jointed which double Mm -hmm. jointed supposedly gets more articulation more bend but these new single jointed stormtrooper and clone trooper it's it's got a very clever kind of hinged elbow and you can get a lot of articulation out of it and it hides the pins it hides the join which is nice so from a from a cosmetic point of view it looks better but this reissue these are all double jointed ones but in fact they don't look too bad um and just i think because the color splashed around it kind of hides a lot of the joins um great figure comes with two pistols with two holsters comes with a big long blast rifle he's got a some soft goods he's got a cloth skirt at the back got the paint apps are not overly clean you know when they're kind of a little bit of chipped and wearing away paint which makes it look kind of he's been in battle and stuff he's got this the visor that comes down over his eyes to do some kind of heads-up display but overall great figure but now the problem i've got is he's the only clone era um guy i've got i suppose i've got Sabine but I suppose she's after Clone Wars but now I want to get them all I want to get um there's a re-release <laughs> coming of Gree who's the clone in the in the green the green squad then you can get Wolf who's one of the blue ones and Wolf has just shown up in a season two of Rebels which I've just started episodes three and four of season two um Wolf's shown up and he's the blue guy Rex is is he getting a re I think he no he's not getting a re-release I think Cody might be getting a re-release and rex and there's another guy in red who's the 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 guy in red can't remember can't think what his name is fox i think it's commander fox but um these guys are quality so now i want to get them all unfortunately poof Hmm. but just that the it's the clone troopers that kind of is the The, main draw commanders clone clone commanders i probably won't get any clone troopers and i probably won't get any of the other figures from the clone wars era but okie dokie but um, yeah, you you've not got any of the Star Wars Black Series, have you? Uh, no, Thomas has got a few in his oh, was he? toy box, um, mostly the ones that were on uh, yeah on bargain basement sale when okay. they uh, when they came out. So we've right. got you got the uh, shit as Rose and <laughs> Dryden Voss and all those guys. <laughs> no, he's got he's got a nice um, solo uh, solo from the solo movie and Lando from the solo movie. Oh, I found the eye. I found the eye. Oh, well done. In oh, your yeah. tea. No, not in the tea, in the carpet. All right, well Result. done. Um, oh, I tell you what, I took a I took a photo of um, the retro storm shadow. <laughs> oh yes, stuck it yeah. on the on the Twitter, and uh, as I was taking that that photo shoot, um, I was thinking to myself, "Good grief, there is a load of accessories with this figure. Too many accessories, if anything, yeah. and they are small." And, oh no, what um, have you lost? Well, I lost one of his shurikens just taking the bloody photo. Ah. <laughs> You know, um, 
Can he hold them though? Can he hold those? He can hold them nicely, sort of between his. Um, he's got joint um, sort of gaps in between his his fingers, so he can hold two shurikens in his fingers at the same time. So um, yeah, it's a uh, it's yeah quite a nice little touch on his uh, on his hand that it's got that that it gives nice. him the ability to do that. But yeah, they are small and fiddly, my friend. Mm. Okay, yeah. all right, well. Um, speaking of Storm Shadow, um, Thomas has talked about him for a couple of weeks now. Um, can he squeeze in another Storm Shadow or not? Let's find out. <laughs> well, he's, he's got the retro figure for Christmas, so there is a new Storm Shadow that he could be talking about. Kids, Kids with, with toys. toys. Kids with toys. Kids, Kids with toys. Family. Kids with toys. Family. Kids with toys. Kids with toys. Kids with toys. Kids with toys. Lego. Kids with toys. G.I. Joe. Hello. Hello, Thomas. You're back again with some toys, are you? Yep. So what have you got for us this week? Is it something you got for Christmas? Um, maybe. By yeah, maybe, yes. So today we've got Kamakuri and a Destro figure. This is the Valor versus Venom Kamakura version 2 versus Destro version 11 that came out in 2004. So where did this come from, Thomas? It was a Christmas present from Uncle Peter. Cool. So it's a double pack. So you've got two figures for the price of one. What have we got? Do you want to talk about Kamakura? So Kamakura was Snake Eyes' apprentice and was in the uh, Devil's Due comic books as a, as a big character there. Do you want to mm. tell me about the special feature that this guy's got? So this guy has like a magnet so his sword can connect onto his hand. Like that, pretty yeah. clever. And he's got action in his legs so you squeeze his legs and his sort of arm sort of goes up and down when it no, works properly it, it, go, it goes up when it's out i think oh yeah his legs can't bend that's a problem because mm, of the special action in them yeah he has this thing around his hand where you can put his gun in Mm, he's got a special wrist communicator thing that's got a slot that you can fit potential weaponry in as well as a backpack mm. for his sword so the other guy in the packet is Destro. What Des- do you think of this guy? So his helmet is actually quite shiny. Yeah, he's got a very shiny, chromey faceplate. Yeah. His head, I think, isn't really the usual figure size. Mm, it's a bit... He's got a bit of a pinhead. A bit small yeah. compared to maybe the rest of his proportions. Mm. So he has, like, this grey jacket with black gloves, doesn't mm-hmm. he? And this red, what do you call it? Uh, like a black bandolier, maybe you might call it. A mm. sort of a belt yeah. strap across his front. And there's like a V-neck in the jacket, mm-hmm. and it shows he's wearing a red top underneath. Yeah. How would you compare this Destro to the other Destros that you've seen? Like that you've seen the classic black look and the I one with the, the cape. Other ones. Mm. Not such a classic look, maybe. No. Do you think it w- I think it's the shine that's done it a bit and the pinhead. <laughs> Do you think um, he would be Destro in any of your games or maybe he would be an, an assistant to Destro? I think I will play with him, that's for sure. And he's, his main gun looks to be the, a, um, a, pump shotgun. a pump shotgun. Okay, anything else to say about these two bad boys? One of them is a Joe. <laughs> okay, anything else to say about the one bad boy and one good boy? 
I'd rate this one a five, really. Destro five Destro. and Kamakura. You like your ninjas normally. Six. Six for Kamakura. Seven. Okay. Seven. So if you're travelling back in 2004 and thinking of buying these two, then that's what Thomas thinks. Anything to say to conclude, Thomas? Bye! Okay, so as it turns out, it wasn't Storm Shadow. No, it wasn't. It was mm. uh, a different ninja, Kamakura. Yeah. Yeah, which uh, which we've... I don't know if anyone's clamouring to see a, a new version of him now in uh, in the classified <laughs> range. <laughs> well, you never know. I mean, look, this that's the beauty of kind of things like G.I. Joe and star wars is your character list is pretty endless you know a lot of other you know franchises like um you know mask and he-man to a degree or things like that don't necessarily have a massive overabundance of characters but gi joe especially you know take your pick Mm. because there's a lot of guys to choose from and everyone is someone's favorite well maybe (laughs) (laughs) Uh, surely no one likes um i'm trying to think who does no one like no, maybe you're right. Maybe someone is everyone's favourite. Uh, listen, let's talk about comics. Comic talk. Oh, comic talk. Barry Hammer writes them cheap and Mark discuss them. Whoa. Comic talk. Oh, comic talk. Barry Hammer writes them cheap and Mark discuss them. Whoa. Right, on the slate this week is the start of, say it carefully, Snake Hunt. And we're covering the first three parts of this 10-parter, covering issues 266, 267, 268. Now, I've read, I've read all of this, and I think three, these three are, it's a good place to start, because this is where the story... <laughs> the three issues out of the 10. This is where the story begins, <laughs> and um, it kind of then segues into something else. Um, but okay. let's look at the covers first of all. Favourite cover? Uh, I've got the, I think I've got all the A covers, which yeah, is the first I've one I've got, got the... is... Aitken's A's. Cobra Commander chucking some dice. Yeah. It's nice. It feels like, I mean, a lot of the covers we'll talk about in a bit. It uh, it feels like it might be a a homage of some sort, but I can't think what it would be. So so I think this is probably an an original, but it's, uh, yeah, evoking some good old nostalgic Cobra Commander you know nastiness and um, yeah. and snake eyes on dice which is, is is of course you know where the term originates so uh yes nice concept this is like you said uh, robert atkins doing the cover here and he actually is the interior artist on his first is he the first three? First two the uh, first two and then who do we get we get uh Nito diaz we got a ro- yeah, ro- rotating art team here yeah i think they after the first two then they alternate every other issue something like that okay so we've got i've got some alternate covers here cover b is by jamie sullivan I've only got the small one. It looks like is that Clutch and Stalker, but uh, in front of a like that to me. Yeah, so I think across these ten, we've got an alternate from Jamie Sullivan on every one. So it sort of creates a big, uh, yeah, a big, an overall big picture of oh, right, the okay. original thirteen Joes stood in front of the cartoon style base. Got it. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's a train going outside my house. Um, then we've got the John Royal cover, Snake Eyes versus Snake Eyes. No, she's not actually called Snake Eyes. Is she Dawn or is she? Dawn. Well, I don't. Some She has been on occasion, but um, it's mostly Dawn, isn't it? Yes. But, um, I and think he's not even actually... called Snake Eyes because no one bloody calls him it. They all call him Sean or Throwdown. <laughs> Sean so. or Throwdown. Or, and if pushed, might maybe Snake Eyes. But I think they've actually mislabeled those two covers, cover uh, R1A and R1B, Um the first one, I believe, is Nitho Diaz. Yes. And the second one is uh, John Royal. Yes, you're right. Now that I look at it, you are 100% correct there. Uh, what's this other? There's an interesting one here. One Stop Comic Shop Exclusive mm. by Jeff Edwards and 
Steve Lydic, and it's kind of Storm Shadow and Snake Eyes busting out of the the background. Um, yeah. Interesting, Front but I back. don't know if I'm a fan. Yeah, hard to say from from the just the thumbnail, to be honest. Yeah. Um, and then also we've got another one. What's this last one here? Another one-stop shop. Comic Jeff exclusive. Edwards. Jeff Edwards. Okay, Storm Shadow and Snake Eyes going at it. Maybe I should have brought these up on the old computer in bigger screens so that when I actually talk about them, I don't have to continuously say, I can't really see much because it's only a small thumbnail. <laughs> next week, people. Next week I'm going to do next that. Next week, for sure. Okay. And on the um, back cover, um, if if you've got that in front of you, Chief, um, is all of the uh, Silent Master variants, which are basically the ah, yes. the toy packaging. That's what you mentioned that last week, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, that they, they had that in the front of the book, and now they've also got it in the uh, back, but, you know. All right, very good. Is that in the back of n- the next one? No, just that one. No, it's just okay. in this one. All right, let's so quickly look got at um, part V2, two. We've got V1, V2, V3. Um, we've got Arctic camo gear from uh, issue number two. We've got a ripped-up costume, and we've got a, I think it was a, a cartoon pack one with um, irradiated snake eyes glowing the uh, <laughs> glowing boots and hands yeah. from dealing with um, some radioactive waste. But yeah, not 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 something to worry about too yeah, much. <laughs> as you do. Um, all right, two six seven. We got uh, cover A. Robert Atkins stalker shooting down a rattler. What's the? This is obviously an homage to something else. What? What's the cover? I can't think off the top of my head. It is issue fifty four, where we replace Stalker with Flint. Ah, and at the fairground. The, that uh, no, it's at not that one. It's no? it's the one where he's parachuting down to be captured by Cobra oh the terradrome. Yes, yes, of course. The, the other one was um, dis- they were dropping a tank, weren't they? They were dropping the That's armadillo. Right. And yeah, so on the other one, it was uh, we've got a rattler here on the front cover in the in the original cover. It was a fire bat. Oh, but this from, is uh, but that one fifty four. That's not actually Flint, is it? It's Snake Eyes in disguise. It's yeah, Snake Eyes in, right. in disguise as Flint. Yeah. Okay. Right. So here, this is Stalker, but it's not really Stalker. It's Throwdown <laughs> in disguise as Stalker. Maybe <laughs> that's right. Who knows? Of course. Uh, Jamie Sullivan, like you said, it looks like part two. We've got the uh, the red chested brothers there, Grandstand Flash. So that'll be good when that image is all put together. John Royal, I quite like this one, the Crimson Twins. Mm-hmm. That's probably my favourite one, I think. Okay, good. John Royal's a good one. And then Jamie Sullivan with another one. And this is Cobra Commander with a couple of goons. Let's move on to the next one. Uh, last one, uh, two, issue 268. Uh, so we've got the Atkins cover. This is another homage, is it, to like number one of your favourites? 31 yeah, or that's right. Or something? Thir- 31. So it's got snake eyes on the ground with Scarlet sort of bearing down over the top of a minute, framed by a doorway. And the original one had Snake Eyes with Destro looming over him. That's right, yep. And then the next one is, uh, again, the Jamie Sullivan for the mm-hmm. bigger piece. We'll try and find a good image to post up. And then we've got the John Royal cover girl escaping for some, from some Rattlers. Looks like it. We've, mm-hmm. seen, we've seen that before, haven't we? Uh, not that particular one, but we saw, didn't we see Snowjob and cover girl on a skidoo? being chased by some aerial cobras recently? Yeah, not too long ago. We also had um, Chuckles in a um, convertible with a blonde of some description That's right. being chased by some uh, something in some aerial vehicles yeah. as well so john royal uh, yeah. he's into putting cover girl in danger <laughs> yes. fair enough fair enough um right we need to know what's going on and uh, you need to give us a plot breakdown Dr. Mindbender and Cobra Commander sneak a cute little revanche surveillance drone into the pit below Fort Wadsworth. The drone spies Throwdown's sparring session with Scarlet, Helix, Jinx and Bombstrike, but Throwdown spots it and takes it down with a throwing knife. Meanwhile, right outside the main gates of Fort Wadsworth, a 
a suspicious paper girl named Julie goes collecting overdue bills from houses that contain Cobra troops. The Vipers in Staten Island mobilise and attack Fort Wadworth Motor Pool. Transported in empty Rabco oil tankers and hiss tanks hidden in the garages nearby, they fight their way into the pit, then use gas to subdue and abduct snake eyes. A squad of Cobra Aspid helicopters latch onto the hiss tanks and extract the prisoner and the, the remaining Cobra troops. The Joes try to stop the Cobra aerial convoy. Ace, Slipstream and Dogfight, according to action, find the Sky Striker, Conquest and Storm Eagle as they battle it out with Cobra Rattlers and a Night Raven and Mamba in the skies. In the back of the Hiss tank, containing Throwdown, he makes an escape and gains control of the Hiss gun turret which he uses to take out several Cobra aircraft before Laura 343 is able to subdue him with a tranquilizer dart and continue on to Springfield. Dot dot dot. Very good, very good. Okay, yeah, so this this is very much the first part of the storyline where Snake Eyes gets captured, so that's kind of all happens in these three mm-hmm. issues. I mean, where do you want to start? Shall we talk about art? Yes, so yes. So we've got uh, Robert Atkins on the first two issues. What are we thinking, Chiefy? I was always a a big fan of Robert Atkins' art on that original IDW run. Uh, seeing it now, it's I'm not so much a fan anymore. Oh, um, interesting. I mean, it's, it's, it's okay, it's okay, but... I don't know. Something about it just is not tweaking my berries. I'm not. I'm not. I can't put my finger on it. I mean, it's good. Mm. It's you know, it's it's competent. But flip flop, chiefy. I prefer the Nitho Diaz issues in this run. <laughs> what? Yeah, you never thought you'd hear <laughs> you, me say you've that. You've got to be contrary every time. No, I okay. do. I think. I think Nitho Diaz has come a come a long way in a short space of time. And I'm still not saying it's my favourite, but I do prefer his issues to Atkins' issues from okay. an art point. That's. That's yeah, an interesting point. So, so Atkins, yeah, I definitely was a big fan of his previous work on uh, IDW. Of course, he was doing different continuity yeah. uh, GI Joe. So this, I think, is his first time uh, into something substantial in the Larry Hammerverse yes. continuity GI yes. uh, GI Joe. Um, and and yeah, he, I feel like he's, he's an artist that is just somehow just a, a complete natural fit with the with the franchise. That right. something about his style, yeah. um, you know, following in the footsteps of, of like Rod Wiggum, uh, very good fit for the uh, for the franchise. Sort of I completely I think he's on a- point each time with like you know just the storytelling but also like sort of portraying each individual joe in their you know in their uniform and and doing it very faithfully all of the little details and also um he always likes to try and bring a little twist of his own to to the to a sort of the redesigns as as yeah. well um i think he's a better pinup artist than a sequential artist myself uh, mm-hmm. i i love his pinups and his commissions they're they're absolutely top draw or even though I've got a beef with him about a commission that he never delivered for me. But that's a different story. <laughs> that's um, a whole different insight. That's a, whole, that's a big, long story about uh. that. But anyway, um, yeah, you know, I, again, I'm not saying it's bad at all, because it's clearly not, and it's good. It is good. But so, there's just something about it that I, I can't put my finger mm. on. But still good, but, still good. But, you know, yeah. I'm not saying it's not good stuff, because it is. But following up on what you said about the Nitho Diaz issue, I think you, you're right that he has come a, a long way. That first page on you know the, his uh, issue 268 with those aspects yeah. coming in, great, great page. Great open, and, and it's it's an opening splash page as well. Yeah. Love yeah. love to see that in G.I. Joe. Great shot of all of the aspects. 
uh, over the city carrying the, the the his tanks yeah yeah i think maybe i think maybe he's sort of just sort of pared back some exactly yeah he's toned it down a little bit in terms of every page trying to be an event he's he's you nailed it there he's he's trying to just almost tell a better story um through his art and you know i thought it really good really enjoyed that issue but um yeah slightly yeah he's got he's got he's going going for generally slightly more simple layouts that um that said there there are definitely lots of pages in there where he's going for more stylistic yeah. layouts in terms of the pattern arrangements it's, yep. it's not a square grid every time but no. uh, i think he's trying to tr- trying to tone it down a bit and um and also that makes the 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 transition between the atkins art and his art not so jarring that yes. there isn't such yep. a huge gap between uh, between them between the styles now listen cobra cobra commander's plan is to kidnap snake eyes and put him in the brainwave scanner and use him as an agent of evil now that just gets Mm. me groaning straight away because (laughs) i mean it's just retreading old footage over and over again it just did not excite me for the basis of a 10-part storyline at all and his initial goal is to put some revanche robot into the pit to what what was the purpose of that robot again it was to uh, surveil the pit and help them plan. Well, it was a little bit conflicted because it sounded like they were coming up with a plan at the same time. But yeah. help no, them sorry. plan, it's not the plan pit, an invasion it? and and um, and it's, kidnap snake eyes. Right. Yeah, sorry, it wasn't the pit. It's Fort Wadsworth. So they've well, uh, it's a pit beneath Fort Wadsworth. They seem yes. to have two pits. Sorry, yes, effectively. yes. But they think they found that because they've stationed Laura and all her goons. They think that Fort Wadsworth <laughs> is no longer abandoned as it as they presumed it once mm-hmm. was. So you're right, yeah. Get some surveillance, some recon into this new location to enable them to then launch an assault. We've never seen them do that before. We've never seen Cobra attack a pit before. Uh, so that's <laughs> something new, at least. Uh, um, uh, what's that, number seventh time, eighth time? Anyway, um, mm. yeah. And the Joe security is lackluster. Because that little <laughs> robot is. thing gets in, piece of piss. <laughs> it, it, it has. It's a. It's a, a sort of very cute, dinky little robot as as well. It's sort of that first page. It's going in there, and it's got its mini revanche lightsaber, which slices a uh, rat in half as uh, as it makes its way into into the pit. Sure does. And whilst in the pit, let's just talk about this fight scene quickly. Some silly fight scene that's horrifically staged snake eyes up on a big podium and then four others on little podiums and they have to try and take him down Mm. and snake and and scarlet's got her crossbow with uh with some sort of arrow with a little knocky (laughs) thing at the end of it i don't know nubbin on the end a nubbin on the end of it thanks chief uh whereas all of the others they seem to have uh you know sharpened blades you know um bomb striker's got a uh knuck- a knuckle duster yes. trench knife thing going on on there um so yeah some people are, are have got a little bit more le- lethality if yeah. that's a word in their weapons than, so uh, than we're led to believe they were trying to kill him i don't know maybe not because he's the only one who flips the blade so mm-hmm. he's using the blunt part of the of the blade whereas none of those others flip their blades they're trying to they're trying to hack off a limb off this guy anyway <laughs> i uh, think maybe they're just so confident in uh in snake eyes 
uh, abilities that that they know you know from the off that they've got no chance as yes. much as they might be needing you be trying in earnest to kill him yes, <laughs> yes. um he can just you know puff him off yeah and and he does he pretty much takes well he takes out this little robot thing which the game's up and they joe's just make a joke about it don't they, they say something like we better contact old mainframe and tell him to beef up our security or something mm. And they're like, ha, 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 pass the Yojo Cola. And he actually does. Wait a minute, he does pass the he Yojo does. Cola. He does. And they he have does. a big a big spiel about what a what a sub is called. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> this was my this was gonna be my uh, colloquialism of uh, the week. Okay. So let's do it now. Let's do it now. There used to be a pudding that was over egged. You know the pudding. You know the pudding, at first it was British, but then it was Commonwealth. You know the pudding, you know the pudding, but now there's a new player in town. A comic book writer of, of some renown, he's using real world examples and peppering the issues with, with lots of samples. It's a Larry Hammer colloquialism. He's talking G.I. Joe and all its heroism. Can you guess what it is? Is it something new? Now listen as Larry drops a slice of real life on you. So colloquialisms for uh, Larry's at it. He's just giving a list of colloquialisms for sub sandwiches. So we've got subs, hoagies, heroes, grinders, and po'boys. Yes. Are you giving origins of all those in terms I'm of I'm not giving origins for none of them, okay. mate. I'm just Good. listing them out. Have you got Have you got uh, a go to description for a sub sandwich or even full stop a sandwich? I like to just say sandwich. If if yeah. there's bread involved, it's a sandwich. Sandwich, yeah. yeah. Love Maybe. a sandwich. I tell you what, I love a sandwich. I love a sandwich. I like, like a good like sandwich. A hot, sandwiches can go hot bad. Or a toasted sandwich. Yeah, yeah. Hot toasted sandwiches can go bad, but when a sandwich is good, I mean mm-hmm. that is oh, that's the one. I'm telling you. What would like, be your go-to bread for the um, you know? Oh, 10 that out of 10 is. Sandwich. I am. That, that's one of my 2021 resolutions. Is is to. <sighs> Well, it's either one of two. I can't decide. Eat more bread or eat less bread. I'm undecided <laughs> which one. I know it probably should be eat less bread, but hot damn, I love bread. So, you know, I... Eat, eat less, but up up the quality, maybe. Love bagels. Love crumpets. Um, I love sourdoughs. I love ciabattas. Mm. Um, yeah. I love naan breads. Oh, I love a focaccia. I make a mean focaccia. Mm. Um, oh, I focaccia. love bread. I'm going to have some bread after this love bread um anyway where were we it's not the bread show tell you what there's a spin-off here who wants who wants to hear me and funky bunch do a weekly 15 minute bread show silence uh i do i'm one i'll vote for it um yeah so then the other kind of big part of this of these three issues is over in Fort Wadsworth area, just outside, we have, like you mentioned, this nosy, busy body paper girl and a big station of cobras that's headed by Laura. And I don't know how to say this without sounding sexist, but <laughs> Larry, I feel like I'm I'm all for more, you know, women in in um, 
pop culture and content and media and everything but it feels like he's almost overcompensating so you know he's had mm. four females just trying to take snake eyes down and this new lead cobra happens to be a female and again i don't mm. want it maybe i'm coming across as sexist i don't want it to be that way but it feels like he's just trying to plug in as many females as he possibly can rather than it seem a bit more organic mm. over egg in the pudding club Am I am I out of line or not? I don't know. Yeah, you know, I see. I see what you're saying. I mean, it, it certainly seems to be a tr- a trend in terms of the the balance of characters. Is that Larry is massively leaning into using female characters where where he can. Um, I guess it's got to start somewhere. I, I don't you, there's no to point. It. There's no point in introducing them slowly. You know, one or two a year because it's going to take far too long for for the balance to have kind of shifted. So maybe it is right. Maybe just cram as many in now as you possibly can, and then you've got all those new characters to play with over the coming years. Yeah, and I think what what they're doing here with this female uh, Crimson Guard is is that by having her as a woman, it's it's shorthand for saying here's a new crimson guard that we've never seen before yeah. brand new character yeah um and and having you know having that crimson guard character being clearly very distinguishable from yes from any of the existing co- uh, crimson guards that yeah we've she's seen cool I, I i like her apart from her being an absolute chump when we find out later in the storyline <laughs> and she's just he just ruins larry just ruins her as a character by some of the decisions oh, he makes with her but she's a great introduction i'd rather see her than helix for example right sure but yeah no Lord, so and she's kind of she's the boss she's in charge which is cool and she's trying to scrounge up some cash monies from <laughs> these other these other cobras because she's got to pay off the paper girl yeah and she's it, got is it 22 dollars and she wants an, an additional five dollars yeah for uh a, a tip to get to 28 dollars. So, so it's yeah it's like a 20 percent tip which i i guess is is quite common in america you kind of go go for quite a uh, chunky chip to yeah to make up for the um you know poor but, wages that are paid as, however, as the baseline however in the next issue i'm sure she says i should have given her 40 bucks that would have been a mammoth tip <laughs> um, but anyway this is and this is this is a problem i've got with this storyline overall when it happens it feels like larry's trying to put some comedy light touch elements into mm. the story and none of them work for me just her trying to scrounge up 5 bucks from these cobras just don't get it it just doesn't fall yeah. flat to me well, it's it's funny though, isn't it? That in in I guess it's a it is a modern predicament that no one carries cash anymore, right? Um, and and you know if you're in your maybe in your cobra uniform as well, if you've got your money pouch on you, who knows? Yeah. Um, so so yeah, I, I could imagine that that it is quite difficult um, potentially to to scrounge out money when everything's being done on on cards. Yes. Um, but this this paper girl. It was a big deal was made out of introducing this character, which um, I don't imagine goes anywhere unless her parents die and then she joins a ninja, ninja dojo. No, <laughs> dojo, dojo, no, 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 Joe, no dojo. Maybe she um, is a dodo. Hopefully she goes that dodo, way. But listen, yeah. she gets a lot of page time just as the nosy busybody and she's going to shop them <laughs> to the cops um, if they don't because she thinks it's suspicious that there's noise going on in a house and no one's answering the door. I mean, come on. Yeah. You know, well, anyway. Uh, and then what should be more suspicious is the big truck coming in that says Rabco on the side. Rabco. I mean, if you uh, if you were in, in G.I.J., you must have some sort of uh, camera surveillance going on just looking for uh, the different combinations yeah, of the letters that, that make up the word Cobra and having that as a big uh, big red flag. Yeah. yeah. Never mind. Never mind the fact it's not Yo Jo 
um, oil or whoever it is that normally supplies you. The fact that it's it's got Cobra written on the side of yes. the, uh, uh, the 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 van with yes. uh, the letters jumbles around is you know yeah. a red flag. Also, Joes are getting a bit merciless and hardcore. We saw Alpine <laughs> recently mow down guys who hadn't even raised a gun to him, and here clutch all he hears is a click <laughs> and then he, op- he opens up and blasts this guy in the face that could have been his seatbelt. could have been his seatbelt. <laughs> jeez it's like yeah click and then boom to the Murder head 101. um he says should have eased off the safety before you got here chump yeah. blam well, he blammo yeah. oh and uh and yeah it was a uh, an interest interesting that in in the sort of the ensuing firefight um, the cobra is getting shot and killed left, right, and centre. Yeah. Uh, whereas the the, the, the cobra seem to be a lot more respectful of their of their foes, and uh, and the joes are all left uh, intact and alive. Well, despite you, the you, opportunity to kill them off. You say that, but there is there's a there's one page here where a heat viper shoots rock and roll point blank, and somehow he survives. <laughs> yeah, I um, thought he was. I assumed the, he was dead at that point. It, it, it was quite quite the ex- explosion. Let me just let me find the, yeah, uh, find that the panel where he takes it. Uh, he gets a he gets a perfume. Ooh, yeah, I it mean, is a perfume. Yeah, um, behind him and and yeah, sort of tearing you know tearing off the the back of his yeah. his clothes. Maybe I did um, Atkins a bit of a disservice. I'm flicking through these pages and uh, you know it is good stuff. These action scenes scenes are nice. I think some of his faces put me off a little bit. Um, mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe I did a bit. You know, it's good stuff. I think yeah. At times, his faces are not as strong as um, <laughs> as him drawing a like a more helmeted look. Yes. Um, yeah. But yeah. And and they by the end of part two, they've already captured Snake Eyes. He's already you know roped up in an aspid He's and being transported away. In, that was a quick, double gone. quick time. Yeah. I mean, why couldn't they do? Why, why didn't Cobra Commander start doing this in issue three or something? Well, it's it's not the first time that that Snake Eyes has been captured by Cobra, True. or indeed been put into a brainwave scanner by True. by Cobra. Hmm. Um, you know, the uh, the second issue that we were looking at had a cover which was a a homage to issue fifty four, which was an issue where Snake Eyes was captured and put into a brainwave scanner, <laughs> and uh, Snake Eyes was also in a brainwave scanner at the very beginning of the IDW run in around about issue. 160 so right. yeah the concept i think the concept of snake eyes being a badass which yes. seems to be a relevant revelation to cobra commander after seeing him in that training exercise yeah. um is slightly strange yes. uh, and also the the sort of the light bulb moment of what would happen if we put snake eyes in a brainwave scanner is also a bit of uh, you know old ground to to, to be honest yes, yes. Um, but as, as bad as the cobras are at coming up with new <laughs> ideas and repeating themselves of just positioning them uh positioning themselves right outside uh fort wadsworth that you know maybe they're just continuing on the same lease that the original fred had yeah uh, in terms exactly. of where they've positioned themselves uh it wasn't that long ago that the um the gi joes and and it specifically even um throwdown uh went back to his old house and uh, found that there was a, a cobra, a CG called Darren, who was who was there. Oh, that's so right. Yes, the uh, the Joe should have been very well aware that cobras were there on uh, their doorstep, but yes. four houses right next to the uh, <laughs> front gate, and <laughs> nary uh, nary them noticing, yes. and and also sneaking in four his, his tanks at some point into the garage, presumably yep, those high ceiling garages. Um, this last part we're going to cover today kind of consists of a couple of main bits. One is 
them getting Snake Eyes out and him managing to escape and from his manic- from his ropes effectively and then him being brought down by Laura and then the other bit is Cobra's taking out the Joe's Deus Ex Machina which is that, that stupid laser cannon thing in the sky run by Joe and Jane Colton. Uh, should we talk about the laser? Let's talk about the laser, yeah. Mm, uh, you know, the, is the word you you said and, and is completely accurate is Deus Ex Machina. It's just completely overpowered and would seem to you know get the joes out of any trouble yes. at all and and it's almost like why would why when you're going on any mission would you not try and utilize yes. that give given its uh its accuracy yep. and awesomeness to get you out of almost yeah. every situation and in fact i think i misstoke miss misstoke and um, i can't even speak I misspoke <laughs> um i got it wrong they cobras don't actually blow up that satellite in this issue it's in uh, no, one it's coming later up. on isn't it yeah, yeah next one along um mind you I'll, I'll i'll no prize myself a little bit that um in an earlier issue they did talk about the fact that um because this satellite is so powerful that anytime it is used it needs a specific sign off from the president yes um, which would limit uh, their ability to readily use it at any eventuality mm. um, but okay. i don't think i don't think they try and get a sign off from the president for this time round. no no <laughs> and what cobras have done here very cleverly is they've got multiple hiss tanks being carried and they, they kind of try and disguise which one uh, snake eyes is in but that mm. doesn't really stop them engage the Joe's engaging in a massive firefight over a heavily populated area. <laughs> yeah, which was not terribly successfully either because most no. of the Joe's get shot down, don't they? Yes, correct. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Hmm. Um, but art, like, like I said earlier, the art the art here is quite nice. I could, you know, I, I do think Diaz is definitely doing a good job here. Yeah, and it's nice to see a Strato Viper there back up in the air as well. And it does seem to be part of the job requirement that to be uh, a Strato Viper, you also have to be a, a king dick <laughs> in terms of your attitude. <laughs> yes, correct, yeah. Because yeah. he's off doing all of his own stuff, not listening to uh, to orders or, or, or anything. Yeah. What is it they say? Is uh, Yeah, is that Knight Rider, Knight Raven pilot insane? He's supposed to stay in formation and provide us with cover. Nah, do what you want. <laughs> yeah exactly yeah, to very, hell good, very good um <laughs> snake eyes gets out quite easily from mm. his bonds and like we said he is he's on a turret in a hiss tank shooting down other cobras and this is where laura pops up with a trank gun why not just put him in a trank gun when he got in the helicopter <laughs> i mean yeah I, I, given what they know about snake eyes to have one solitary night viper just you know looming over him to to yeah. tr- give him some cover and stop him from trying to escape um and actually in trying to engage him um in fisticuffs um so that just seems like a bad idea doesn't yeah. it wait until you see how many people they have guarding him when he's in the prison <laughs> you think it should be about 20 million no one anyway we'll get to that <laughs> we'll get to that bit um, um but it was it was a cool sequence when the snake eyes did um did escape and um uh, at one point yeah he sort of grabs out a uh, a, a the knife out of the alley viper which um out of his uniform which is a nice little touch because in yeah the more recent versions of that alley viper uh toy that knife is removable on his um just above his chest um 
almost too removable it's a bit loose um right. and then yeah he's up in the tower of the the hiss uh, and he's yeah sort of blasting away at all of the <laughs> all of the other aspids and uh taking them down they can tell which uh which uh, aspid snake eyes is in is because that's the one that is firing at the other uh, aspids yeah, via uh, the turret of a, a hiss that that bit where he's shooting the turret um of the the hiss dangling down that put me a bit in mind in, of um i don't know if you've watched this or can remember it chief the 18 movie the 18 oh the the shit remake the shit remake thanks yeah, yeah. <laughs> there's a there's a bit where there's a hercules tank which is parachuting down ah uh, yes and yes. uh it's shooting at uh at some drones in in the air which is probably the the most memorable part of uh the the film uh, so yeah. yeah cool yeah. cool little clip um uh, yeah so so put me in mind of that a little bit i don't know if at larry larry had that uh in mind when he was uh thinking of this sequence um not right. you know it's not necessarily it's different enough that it's not a, a a carbon copy so so who knows but um yes yes um moving on what do you what, what's, what's next chief well i was just going to say uh, we can probably hit up some um some stuff that you've spotted or something that larry said but before we do that i just want to point out this is probably going to get an extra quarter of a mark from me, uh, but my comic smells great. It's got that kind of almost old-timey smell. Not quite newsprint, but and it's also got my, my pages are ever so slightly got a textured feel to them. Yeah, they've, got they've the same used m- or not? a different... Yeah, they've used... it. You're right. Ooh, that is a good smell. It's a good smell, isn't they, it? Yeah. Um, They've got uh, a different paper stock on on these, so the 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 covers are less sort of glossy and shiny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Than 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 they were, and uh, yeah, like you said, it's got a little bit of texture to to them. Very very fine yeah, bit and, of texture, but really yeah, really enjoyed that distinctive smell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. An extra an extra point, an extra quarter of a point. Yeah. Good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> What's Larry been up to? I spy with my little eye. Okay, so so this arc promises to have an appearance by every living member of G.I. Joe and Cobra. And I think they've made quite a slow start to that. So we've had a tick off oh, yeah, of, you know, the, uh, of the Fort Wadsworth crew and also the San Francisco crew who, who were visiting. But, um, you know, we've not seen too, too exhaustive a, a list in these original three uh, issues. But... Um, he has clearly gone to a bit of effort to try and incorporate a fair variety of Cobra troops. So I counted Techno Vipers and Tele Vipers with Cobra Commander uh, monitoring the, the drone. Uh, we had an eel, a hist- uh, several hist tank drivers, Toxo Vipers and Standard Vipers plus Cobra Troopers over with Laura. And then as they attack, we had Heat Vipers, Alley Vipers, Night Vipers night creepers and more crimson guards men and women uh we had frag viper in the tankers as well uh gyro vipers in the aspid rattler pilots brackets wild weasels uh in uh, the rattlers and strato vipers so uh, a fair amount of variety of uh, the the troopers there very good so, and and hats off to robert atkins for who made this claim about every living um character so appearing it's, um it, it's kind of in the trail uh, to this uh, to this arc in the letter pages they talk about the upcoming snake hunt you know aiming to use every living joe and uh cobra characters and most likely some of the non-living ones too right. knowing uh, from track record from the ara comic continuity 
I assume, not including yeah. toys. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's in the uh, in the issue two six five before this. There's right. there's an ad- advert trailing this. It says Snake Hunt Cobra Commander strikes at the legacy of Snake Eyes, a ten issue epic featuring featuring every living member of GI Joe. Right. Okay. Very good. Very good. Spot anything else? So I spotted in 266 the what I think is the first appearance of the G.I. Joe Patriot Grizzly tank. Okay. And in 268, joining uh, the Joes in the sky was probably the first appearance of the 1992 Storm Eagle ATF Advanced Tactical Fighter, which... Uh, I think was the one which only had two missiles, so um, was pretty quickly Winchester, as they say, yes. in uh, in this mission. <laughs> and that was it. But uh, for goofs, goofs, we had a few to choose from. Mm, hit me. Error detected. Error detected. No prize incoming. So uh, this is this first one is less a goof and more just an observation of use of language. This was something that Chuck Goran over on the Option 38 website noticed, um, which was during the sparring with Throwdown, Bombstrike and Helix, they, they say, let's tag team him. But he notes that if two people do something at once, that is not tag teaming. It is double teaming. Uh, sounds a little bit ruder, though. If uh, Bombstrike and Helix were to actually tag team, that would mean that Bombstrike would attack first, tag out to Helix, who would take her place and attack Throwdown, whereas they are trying to attack him simultaneously. Okay, that guy needs to get out a bit more. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's just a bugbear around uh, the use of the words. Um, uh, Unsurprisingly, given the number of Cobra Troopers involved, there were a few colouring goofs. So in particular, in 267, uh, there was quite a few instances where alley vipers and night vipers were uh, interchangeably miscolored. So night viper in orange and a uh, alley viper in green. Right, yep. Could no prize it, if you like, but not much point there. Yeah, I think uh, a, a night viper in uh, neon orange doesn't make a huge amount of sense uh, as, a, as a uniform design, no. to be honest so uh, a more or yeah a more striking plot error to, or to, to explain away is that when throwdown got his new duds in to issue 226 they uh, made a big deal of uh, having a you know a splash page just showing uh, the the new outfit showing it off and in that description it said that he had built in ga- a built in gas mask and oxygen respirator for short-term underwater activity. So I don't know that he should have been taken down by that gas quite as easily as he did. No. Mind you, uh, the Snake Eyes costume, as depicted by Atkins, is a different design to the one that was featured as his as Throwdown's brand new look in 226, which was a bit more sort of insectoid, wasn't it? Um, yes, correct. Yeah, whereas this yeah. is closer to uh, an original V1 commando look. So... Maybe he swapped out his mask and, and this one doesn't have such good gas uh, yeah, uh, protection. Rock and roll. We talked about rock and roll and uh, his explosion uh, that looked like he was pretty badly uh, taken down by that. But in the next issue, back in 268, um, he's back in action looking not at all too worse for wear. It's a tough old sun bitch. 
<laughs> no prize that. Yeah. He's just tough some bitch. Nice. They made quite a big uh, play of featuring um, Snake Eyes's new sword in in issue two six six and seven in that sparring sequence and the combat sequence that that followed with the the cobras. But then when we switch to two six eight and a different artist being Nitho Diaz, it's a completely different sword that uh, Dawn picks up and uh, and makes a comment about uh, makes a weird comment. Dawn leans down and says, "Looks like Sean dropped his sword." Oh my god, it feels like it was made for my hand. You freak. <laughs> <laughs> She's already got two swords on her back, and those are meant to be the most powerful swords in the world, aren't yeah, they? Greedy. Morning dawn and evening shade or whatnot. Yeah, greedy some bitch. Oh, and uh this is this isn't an error, but something that um uh I meant to cover in just our discussion was during that um dueling sequence there's just a funny moment isn't there with um scarlet where she's been knocked in the knocked in the head by um (laughs) what do you call it a nubbin yeah nubbin (laughs) and and um after the after the dueling sean almost caressing her face um sort of brushing her hair out of her face uh to kind of look at the the knock on, on scarlet's head and um she says, don't apologise, Sean. I should have seen it coming. So it, it feels like they're sort of continuing to learn, lean into this kind of Sean Scarlet, slightly creepy flirtation dynamic. There. Yeah, yeah. We'll see where that goes. Nowhere. <laughs> All the way to the bedroom. Yeah. Oh, that's the X-rated version. Um, it's business time, Sean. And with the end of the goofs, which are maybe a hammerism, let's look at some... The hammer times. Hammer time. Time to beat the soles of your boots with my face. Sucking chest wounds, red ninjas, brain scanners, rubber hooses, blue ninjas. And then some more sucking chest wounds. Hammer time. What you got for me? I didn't spot any, I don't think. So, so I think we've had enough instances of this in the book that it, it is now uh, a hammerism. It's the Joes talking about Sean's code name, right? Okay. <laughs> and yet again, in issue two six six on page two, there, what is it? Clutch and rock and roll, I think, are driving in, and they say, "I can't get used to throw down, but I guess it will grow on me." And uh, later, there's there's obviously the spy drone, and uh, and they. They they shoot it down and and I think it's Scarlet says did anyone did anyone call throw down Sean in front of the spy drone when when they are literally holding the spy drone drone in their hand yeah yeah um and they're still continuing in to call call him Sean and throw down um with that drone being there there could have been two and it could have been that just you know throwing a a knife through its head doesn't take out its audio receptors um so pretty pretty poor plus discipline uh there to, to me we also we also see uh, a use of of a, of a phrase that that larry's partial to which is in 267 where uh, laura says no plan survives the first shot and this plan got shredded but good right okay and that was me done very good well done larry favorite line of dialogue quarter of the week 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 don't have one don't have one. Ah, oh, well, I'm. I've got a soft spot for any time that um that 
that Cobra Commander and, and Mindbender are together will generally find some piece of uh, gold there. Yes, yes. And this is no different. Cobra Commander, you're such a sycophantic lick, lick spittle, Mindbender, but at least you're shameless about it. True, that is true. Sycophantic lick spittle. Yeah, going to say nice. that to the missus later, see what happens. Nothing good. Um, uh. Right, I mean... This is, like we said, the beginning of the storyline. We've got seven more issues to go, but uh, we'll give this a little yo-joage on what we've read, and then we can give the whole story arc uh, its official ranking at the end. So um, what are you coming in with here? So, so I think it's, it starts slow. We're not, you know, we're not sort of in issue one, bang into the, into the action. Um, it feels like they're, they're sort of trying to do a little bit of a recap for people who are potentially using this as a jumping on point or, or maybe reading it as the, the first issue in, in the trade. So it says a slow opening, but um, I, I like the, I like the art in all the three issues. I think they've, they've done well. I think there's some cool action sequences and it, and it does just uh, zip along so for, for any of the faults there might be I did enjoy uh, enjoy it quite a lot even still so I think I'll go quite high with this one versus some of the other issues that we've had lately I think I'm gonna go uh, seven and a half seven and a half from Funky Bunch Chief coming in with a six um, just the 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 setup just had me on a downer straight away Cobra Commander yet again trying to kidnap Snake Eyes that stupid paper girl um just yeah not not doing it for me we'll see if that can go up with future issues prediction no um, <laughs> fingers crossed oh, fingers dear. crossed uh more <laughs> next week uh, we don't know what we're going to do next week in terms of number of issues read you know read at least three of them and you'll probably be in a good place um i think we, I, I had a little look i was thinking maybe two maybe we do two Ooh. next week okay all right um okay good stuff we'll yeah well, i mean we, we, there was a lot of uh there was a lot of plot threads in flight that we we didn't even get touched on in these so we had the whole uh destro robo zombie thing going on uh yeah. and we also had the october guards uh the setup for that which uh we've not seen come into play yet in the issues so so hopefully those will be picked up on maybe even next time yeah very good very good um right now though i want to hear about toys wash this taste out of my mouth what you got for me mark talks about toys ho ho he talks about gi joe he talks about all the toys from the comic book and the animated show. Mark talks about toys. Mark talks about toys. Chief's got a guess. You've so got a guess, Chief. Chief is guessing. Well, look, every, every living Joe in, mem- in memorable history, <laughs> not, not particularly in these three issues, but, I mean, this is going to be a, a crapshoot right now, isn't it, surely? Sh- um, do, you want, do, you want to give me, do you want me to give you a hint? Is it a Joe or a Cobra? So we're, it's a Joe, it's a and Joe. it's one that you have very regularly tried to guess as being the Joe that I would select. But cover girl, <laughs> uh, she's not in this yet, is she? Uh, she's on the cover, maybe. Right, okay. But, um, um, she, I, 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 um, I say this one often, and it's never right. Um, it's not going to be one of those early Joes because they're quite boring in terms of, of figures, mm-hmm. I guess. So yeah, uh, go it, in that direction. Yeah, it is. It is. Let me just grab an issue and, and flick through here. It is going to be. It's a guy who flies a plane, I think, or an aircraft. Is what I'm or, thinking. Or uses a sword. Or uses a sword. Yes, yes. Quite often uses a sword. This character, and who uses a sword in this? Um, it's uh, not Snake Eyes. It's who? Jinx. No, you've done Jinx. Uh, who uses a uh, Budo? First guess. So well done, Chiefy. First time, yet again. Yeah, I don't know how you do it. Oh, it's, just, it's an innate skill. 
Tell me about this guy. So is this a is this a figure that you had back in the day? Not me. Ben had him, so aware of him. And mm-hmm. I don't know if I liked him or not. <laughs> was it just too uh, wacky? Is it? I mean, I know Joe is wacky in general, and I know I actually like wacky. So I like mm-hmm. him now, but at the time, I think he was too wacky for me as a kid. Too wacky, maybe. So um, he was from 88... Uh, Budo uh, came with a red and silver samurai headgear, brown backpack, a red sword, a silver ornamental sword, which you could hang on his belt, and a silver sai. So his main sword for actual combat use was red, which is a little bit weird. But yeah. so that's the same go. as uh, Storm Shadow version two, though. He can exactly, sword. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, different sword, though. I don't think it's. I don't no, think it was no, the no. same. Um, one and um what i liked about this guy was yeah the the you know once you took off his his uh helmet it's he had that sort of distinctive almost mohawk hair haircut he had a he had a uh a, a face with a lot of character to it yeah. and um his his top it was like armored so you could kind of you know imagine scenarios where where he's got sort of quite you know quite almost like a flak jacket sort of quite an armored kind of look to him so he could be in in sort of heavy combat uh scenarios and yeah sort of just a quite a cool distinctive uh look to look to him so um yeah i was probably less keen on on probably using him almost in the in the way that he was designed to be used as as an actual um samurai yeah figure figure look figure's pretty interesting though you know, there's enough going on there. Yeah, yeah, and and unique without you know looking gaudy or or, or silly. Um, and yeah, in modern eras, I think they've done a couple of sort of different sort of takes on on him, which have also been uh, interesting. Though, though I've not had those uh, figures, so so I won't go down that that lane. Uh, so we've got his name is Kyle A. Gesso, and was born in California. Primary specialty, which you might not guess, would be infantry. And secondary specialty, hand-to-hand combat instructor. Hmm. Budo's father was an orthodontist in Oakland. His grandfather was a farmer in Fresno. His great-grandfather was a track worker on the Rocky Mountain Line. And his great-great-grandfather was a fencing master in one of the last great samurai warrior families of Japan. On his 18th birthday, he was given the family swords and a haiku written by his ancestor. The great sword sheathed glitters brightly in the dark, unseen and at rest. The man has a fifth-degree black belt in Lido, the the art of the live blade, and a similar rank in three other martial arts. He could have have even higher rankings if he didn't spend so much time working on his chopped panhead Harley and listening to heavy metal. Okay, didn't know that. Now, did they... I know this is, you know, talking about the figure itself, the action figure, but I want to stray away from that just for a brief moment to say, mm-hmm. have they retconned in his his um, inclusion in the Arashikage clan, or was that from the beginning? I don't... Yeah, I, I don't think that was there from from the beginning he's you know um you know, from his file card and his early introduction you know in that um you'll you'll remember the issue number i'm sure <laughs> the one with a uh, repeater on the front cover where where they yes, he's yeah. a part of that boot camp where they they join uh repeater budo and lightfoot isn't it yes correct, um, yeah. and yeah so he was kind of a standalone samurai character but uh yeah it seems subsequently in this idw era they've caught sort of drawn him closer into the um uh arishikagi kind of niche where he's um sort of heading up that dojo in in 
um, San Francisco. Yeah. Um, and yeah, was on the mission uh, in J- Japan for the uh, dawn of the Arishikagi um, arc, That's but right. wasn't because Correct. it wasn't him there. It was actually Zartan. Yeah. yeah. Um, does that, I was going to say, does that helmet, it's obviously removable. Is it a good tight mm-hmm. fit? Welcome to the hat rack. We've got the inside track. Welcome to the hat rack. This is the hat soundtrack. Yeah, it's a pretty good fit, as I recall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not too much wobble to it. So once it's on, I think it would stay on. Yeah. Now, what advantage does that give him wearing that helmet in a firefight? Probably as much as... As opposed to a regular uh, hard Well, hat. maybe not much more than a normal okay. uh, army more hat. More than gung-ho's but, cap, though, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, I've got a rap about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, you have. Yeah, yeah, very good one as well. Yes, so, well, there, Budo, there he is. Um I think Larry has obviously started to, you know, bring him back into the fold and and utilize yeah. him a bit more. You know, and and not even as a periphery character, he's definitely in charge of that dojo, training up those couple of young punks. So yeah, more I, th- I think it's come. a case where there's a few characters in this new one where sort of, you know, Larry's had a chance to kind of reevaluate them and and sort of have a bit of a bit more of a fondness to them, whereas you know initially he kind of you know didn't really use them so much or kind of wrote them off a little bit so mm. the likes of crystal ball for example yes. being another character that that he didn't really um use in the original run but yeah, uh, yeah subsequently has developed a little bit more of a fondness yeah for, that idiot uh, shows up in the next couple of issues so look out for that. <laughs> good stuff uh more toys next week uh now we need to go to listener question and i think we're on the same track that we were on last week <laughs> Question, tell me what you think about TV. Do you buy toys and buy other things? Who's your favourite guy from that movie? What are the UK pedestrian crossings? Question, what did we ask this week? Let's find out as we speak. Yeah, so we we asked uh, over on the social medias, um, our uh, lovely loyal listeners, um, to come up with ideas for new segments that we could create jingles for and then do a little test run on the on the show see if we like them and if they work out and and if we want to if they feel they're good enough to um to actually then include uh as a regular feature so uh, uh this week we uh, are featuring pvp from chris um who suggested this this one um and uh chief did you come up with a jingle for this i did yeah this is what this is basically chuck two people into a fighting pit or an arena and see what happens that's that's the that's about the size of it in that case yes i did come up with a jingle and uh you'll be pleased to know that it is sub 25 seconds roll it In the battle arena, the crowd goes crazy, a fight to the death, so don't get lazy to go in. One comes out, who's got the power, who's got the clout? PvP, who's got the flavour? PvP, a battle to savour. PvP, who's the death slayer? PvP, it's player versus player! Okay, there you go, little little bite size. Holy moly! Yeah, you wouldn't believe it. Would not believe it. (laughs) Uh, Now, your one might even be shorter than that. Or is it? Well, 
I thought after last week that I was somewhat left left in in the dust, and and I don't know about everyone else, but uh, I've I've been singing to myself. Oh, that's very kind of you. Welcome to the hair. Um, it's it's a bit it's been a bit of an earworm. Um, so so yeah, I think uh, as as much as I was pleased with my jingle last time around, I think I think you probably were the victor there. Okay, okay. Um, so so yeah, I felt I felt not to be undone. That, that I should actually, you know, really go for it this week and, and do my own song. So uh, I, I, I did it. Okay, here it is. Let's listen, people. Fight! Player versus player combat scores. One! Dr. Mindbender is here. Mustache like a buccaneer. Large cod piece, Will Shakespeare. Easily pull on that nasal hair. Gung ho, here for G.I. Joe. Bear chest show, his marine tattoo. No headgear for combat debut. Hit on the head with a flying horseshoe. Three. Big boa, in for the triple. Boxing gloves give no acquittal. Chest muscles, all a ripple. No defense from a cripple nipple. Player versus player. Cobra versus Joe. Player versus player Who wins so low? Snow job, he's on his skis Vaccine to the cobra disease Avalanche from a mountain breeze Bury him in a terrible freeze Firefly, camo in grey Outfit changes on its way Neon green to our dismay And shot by a sniper straight away Mutt here with his loyal hand Junkyard, the best dog around Bounding, follow that sound Quicksand, they both drown Scrap iron, the missile guy Guaranteed to satisfy In his sights, say bye bye But a misfire blows him into the sky Wild Bill in a dragonfly Cobras prepared to die But refueling passed him by Chopper fools, okay, bye Nine. Major blood with his eye patch Helmet looks a bit much Dog tags give him a scratch Tetanus a slow dispatch Final. All the Cobras and Joes Dueling like banjos Expanding their ammo Ready to give us all a show Player versus player versus Joe PvP There you go, Funky Bunch standing up strong with that effort. Uh, good, good. I like it a lot. Oh dear. Uh, good. How's the family like that one? <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah they just sort of try and yeah they p- sort of pull awkward awkward faces and try and change the subject yeah when i played hat rack to the missus she just looked at me and said are you speaking actual words so she couldn't <laughs> she didn't know what was going on just brain fuzzled her but uh, anyway oh, listen let's cut to the meat of the issue we did we didn't give much notice we popped out a question only a few hours ago saying listen uh who uh, give us some tandems you want to match up against each other and we actually chose Alpine versus Rock Viper. Who sent us in that one? It was Andrew over on the Facebook group that yes. suggested that combo. Yes. So listen, if I guess the deal here is these two are in a fight. It's Rock Viper, just a solitary one, I guess, versus Alpine. And who is going to come out in that real world scrap? What's your initial thinking? 
you know, how is Alpine possibly going to win the day here? Well, uh, the, the, the first thought that I had is that they've uh, they've both got moustaches, so they're yes. they're drawn there. That is that's giving neither of one of them no. the advantage over okay. the other that it might otherwise do. Tie ball game. Um, Mm, yeah, I mean they're both, you know, b- both very much in that same speciality of being mountain troopers. Is is this combat going to occur on the mountain? Is is or or could it could it be that they've they've unfortunately found themselves completely in a different um, environment like altogether? The desert, the desert. <laughs> yeah, and they're and they're already on the back foot, both of them. Yes, yeah, that's interesting. That is interesting. I think so. Do you give Alpine? Where's he from? Is he from Morocco? Alpine. If you read Action Force, I think he was. Yeah, was I think it, I think in um, Action Force, he he may he may have you know we, they they were given different um, birthplaces to the GI Joes. In in GI Joe, he was from Idaho. Okay. Potato and uh, yeah, in in his file card, he was originally from the middle of a flat, dusty snake river plain. Okay, and, so if uh, they're fighting in could... dusty snake rivers, he's got the advantage. <laughs> he could be. Yeah. Could be. Yeah. <laughs> I thought what might happen is. Alpine is, it says on his file card that he's very good at climbing, especially um, when it's night time or when it's uh, uh-huh. in bad weather. So I figured the Rock Viper could get onto his Cobra scientists. And you know, like Judge Dredd's got that weather machine um, right. in, in Mega City Central where they can change the weather. Well, the Rock Viper mm-hmm. gets his scientists to change the weather to make it bright and sunny. And um, that eliminates Alpine's advantage for climbing in bad conditions. Hazardous conditions. Yeah, taken away by the the weather dominator. Yes, Mm. and then also uh, rock vipers are super, they're like the strongest person ever because they, during their training, they have to carry 250 feet of rope. Now, I don't know how much 250 feet of rope is, but coiled up, Sounds like a that's lot. about the size of an elephant, surely. So he is carrying <laughs> that rope, and that ain't light. So these are super, they're roided up super muscle men. They're super strong. What he's going to do is, he's going to fire his rocket-assisted tungsten steel grappling hook into Alpine's, he's actually got a jetpack, hasn't he, Alpine, according to his file card. Jetpack? What are you talking about, yeah, Wes? I'm sure he has a jetpack, doesn't he? <laughs> he doesn't have a jetpack. No? Right, I'm looking up his file card. He's got a jetpack. He hasn't got a jetpack. He's just got a mountain backpack, which has up. a climbing axe Alpine, that can attach to it. GI Joe file card. While I'm looking that up, he's firing this into his backpack, um, and then just basically jumping off the mountain with pulling Alpine with him. And Oof. the Rock Viper don't care because during his training, like I say, he's got 250 foot of rope, but he's got to go down a 500 foot mountain. So that basically says he's got to jump and hope for the best. So he is qualified at jumping from 250 feet up and surviving. Um, well, mm. actually, 50% of the squad do die uh, during training. <laughs> but he has no fear, and he will just pull Alpine down to his death. Alpine's got fear on his side. He wants, uh, you know, he wants to, to get to the end of the mission and, uh, and on to the next one, whereas Rock Viper, he's just... You know, he's he's dead inside already, isn't he? Yes, and, yes. Uh, and also, uh, if that doesn't work, devotion. Alpine is going to throw him a massive tax problem his way because we all know <laughs> that Alpine's secondary specialty is a finance clerk. It's true. And he's just going to chuck that at him and just confound him with, like, oh, wait a minute, I've got to do this tax problem right now. He'll just start bamboozling him with asking about what, you know, what the current rates are and, and how, how to how to best deal with the VAT forms that he's got to got to file in this post-Brexit world. That's it, exactly, it's a, it's exactly. Quagmire. Yeah. Wait a minute, here you go. Pine can climb it. For all that, he can easily switch gears and climbs into a jet backpack to battle Cobra. 
On his file card. There you go. What are you looking at? Jet backpack. I'm looking at it. Mountain Trooper. Where? Alpine. Ten Hut. Fat checking Joe here. Chief is referring to the file card which came with Alpine version 5 in 2008. This figure was released as part of the DVD Battles Pack. The set included Cobra Commander, Cobra Paratrooper, Duke and Cobra Claw and the DVD, the best of 80s episodes. And most significantly, it contained a jump jetpack. Hence, the reference to Alpine's newly found jetpack skills. Over and out. And Charlie Mike, back to Chief and Mark. Anyway, I think Rock Viper wins, is what I'm saying. Right, um, I'm not sure if that segment's coming back next week. What shambles. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, by the time we edited it. Oh dear. We might have, we might have a new uh, jingle next week if we like any of the existing ideas or if you send us in more ideas for new segments that we can write jingles and make a hash out of. So get in contact in all the <laughs> usual places. That's talking underscore Joe. That's talking Joe comics at on Instagram. It's talking Joe comics at gmail.com and it's talking Joe, a GI Joe podcast on Facebook. But um, yeah, good show. As always, we'll be catching up on more snake hunt next week we're going to do at least two issues um, of that so yeah yeah have a good week everyone and um when all is said and done we'll catch you down the road because we've been talking joe and we're all out of joes and cobras apart from all the ones that are in this snake hunt storyline which is every single one every single one well, you're probably going to do some research and find out that you've probably got a spreadsheet ready that shows this guy wasn't in it, this guy wasn't in it. Um, I was thinking about doing that. <laughs> I knew it. Laters. Fight! Player versus player, combat scores. You win! Whoa, Nelly, we've got some extra player versus player. It's Thomas with Kamakura versus Destro. Who, who's going to be who? You're going you're gonna to have Kamakura. Okay, you, I've got to, I'm Kamakura and Thomas, you Destro, who's going to win? Only one, one way to find out. Fight! Fight! <laughs> 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 ching, 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 ching. <laughs> Oh, I think Kamakura won that. Wait. Oh. Destro still had a bit of life in him, and like a sneaky old baddie, he shot Kamakura as he was walking away. (coughs) Oh, they've both died. There is no winner. It's a draw. Okay, well done. That was it for our extra PvP. Perfect.